So here in chapter 11, folks, in the book of Revelation, is a big deal. And this is the uh, temple of God. And it's going to be hovering over the earth here. Okay, and so you're going to see this measuring of it at the beginning. As it's been measured in the book of Ezekiel and described throughout the Bible, Second Esdras, etc. And uh, so the, these two, and this is Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses, okay? And we have our reasons for saying that. I'm not the only one saying that. But it's pretty plain. Um, as the tabernacle was a replica of heaven, Bible teaches, there was only one candlestick. But if you'll notice that in the Bible, after Moses' departure, that we have the two candlesticks. Okay, so, and then we got to look at when he, um, Christ was transfigured. Who were the people that came to him there where uh, Peter wanted to build the three tabernacles, or, yeah, three tabernacles, and there they were, okay? So do I have that right, Elijah? Right. One was for Jesus. One, of course, was for Elijah and the other for Moses. Um, and he didn't know what to say at that point. You know, who would in those conditions? But anyway, uh, we have this here, and we have the beast, this Antichrist. It's going to fight against them and kill them, and then they lie unburied. Now, that's a pagan thing. Like Antiochus would do that when he was defiling uh, Israel. And anybody that got caught um, circumcising their sons, say they would hang the women out all night. It was a way of um, going against the law of God. Okay? And that's also there in Tobit where he would go around and bury them, which is the law of God, to not let, the, let them lay out there all night. So we have all that here in chapter 11. So on we go. And here comes the measuring. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and... The angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Okay, so that's one section. But listen to this. In the two it says, But the court which is without the temple leave out. And measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall be tread underfoot forty and two months. Now that harmonizes directly with the Old Testament, 
it harmonizes with Daniel. And, and the, the uh, timing is 1,203 score days or 1,290 days to the final cleansing of the sanctuary here. Okay, but here's another important part about it. That the earth is going to remain populated. And some of the people aren't on the inside of the temple. And so that's how, as the earth repopulates after the Battle of Armageddon and the redoing of earth, that there's going to be a remnant of people out here that ain't exactly in line. They're going to have to be ruled with a rod of iron, okay? And that goes on for another thousand years. But herein too, let me read it. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. Okay, so that's one section. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. So, in the 2,300-day week of year tribulation, this abomination that maketh desolate and all the minions following the Antichrist and the false prophet and those folks, they're going to be treading this underfoot for these 42 months. Okay, and here's the two witnesses, the two candlesticks. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Okay, and these two came down from the throne of God. And here's another title for them, these two olive trees. It says, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth and four. Okay, now, uh, when they're killed here and they ascend, there's still 30 more days before the final cleansing. Listen to this. Uh, they are going to plague mankind here in front of the whole world. And there you're identifying these candlesticks. Now notice that some places in the Old Testament, it's only one candlestick until after Moses' death. Okay. And then there's the transfiguration um, with the three tabernacles that the table lady was talking about. So we've identified these two. But what about them? It says, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Notice here it is coming out of the mouth. And that is the Holy Ghost. 
In 6, we see some of the uh, other powers that they have through the Holy Ghost. It says, These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And they're giving their testimony here, folks. Trying to get people to repent. In 7, it says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Okay, notice here, this beast come up out of hell, and the, as we identified the angel earlier in the book of Revelations, and we said this Abaddon and Apollyon, that's another name, two, two other names for Satan, and here you get a description of it. And who is it but the beast that comes up out of hell in seven? In eight, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. That's a big one there, because that over there is not holy. Not until Christ comes back. Scriptures are clear about that. And here we call it Sodom and Egypt. So all we got to do is look at the history of Egypt. The idolatry, the ley lines, the summoning of angels, the Pythagorean theorem, satanic antichrist angle of their occult riddles in stone with the divine child, the queen in the king's chamber, all of the idolatry and all of the summonsing through the portholes and ley lines there in Egypt. And that is the, the religion of the Kabbalah. And it has taken over Jerusalem in our time, folks. And uh, the uh, ribbies over there, that's their religion. It is a satanic religion. The Talmud, which is so blasphemous about Jesus that it is X-rated. It is not fit for a CD. It's not fit to be on the Internet. That's how gross what they talk about Christ in the Talmud. And it also prophecies uh, about 2023 and the rise of the Antichrist, folks. It just does. And that's their religion, and that's what this Egypt is. This is the mystery school of Egypt, which is a twin brother, twin sister of Babylon. And then we got to go back to Sodom here. And we know about the homosexuality of Sodom, and that's being promoted by the world government not just promoted today, but crammed down our throat 
by the George Soros Rothschild money. And not only that, but mating with angels and changing of DNA, all that is in Jacer. You ask yourself, why didn't they want you reading Jacer? Well, all that's described. The tampering with the genetics of the earth is described there in that old book, that old history book. So they didn't want the virgin daughters there in the Bible. They wanted those angels in there. So they were not just homosexual in nature, but they wanted the angelic sex, okay? And Lot was tainted by living in there. And uh, the Lord spared Lot and his two daughters for Abraham's sake, okay? So they deserve fiery judgment from God. And then there's the where Abraham said, "Hey, if I can find, if you can find ten people, would you do that?" Or no? And the number keeps going down and down and down and down. There was no one fit to be saved in Sodom, and that's what it's saying here in eight. In nine, it says, "And they of the of the people, and kindreds, and tongues, and nations." shall see their dead bodies three days and and half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. So that's pure cultism. Even the Buddhists themselves have death cult ceremonies where they handle these dead bodies for 30 days, 40 days, or there's the pull the plug ceremony where they die as as the astrology fits uh, with their birth. More importantly to the occultist is when they die. So they will get in all their garb, keep them on life support, even though they may mentally, physically be dead. But they'll keep the heart beating and pull the plug right on the second. Okay, and that's their death cult. So they love to have bodies and fondle dead bodies. Even lay on graves where the bones are under them and try to absorb the spirit of the dead. So these people got the death cult and they're celebrating the death of these two witnesses, these two godly witnesses. Listen to this about how sick the people of earth are. Ten and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two witnesses tormented them that dwell on the earth. So here's the merry Christmas celebration over these prophets, okay? Notice it says Mary. And that's what they do at Christmas during the winter solstice, a pagan holiday absorbed by the Catholics and given to the uh, rest of the fake Christian community. And uh, so there it is. 
and after three days and and half the spirit capital s of life from god entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them okay in 12 and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them come up hither there's the there's that term again here folks and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them okay so for years people said this just couldn't happen this must just be an a similitude of something this must be a symbol or something different it can't be taken literally how could the whole world be watching jerusalem and then with the invent inventions of man this uh where we can watch Kiev and we can watch Jerusalem live and we can see uh, Florida, say, or Texas. And we can watch it all around the world through the cameras. And all this technology took off. Even Benjamin Krim, the great occult Satanist that promoted uh, Lord Maitreya through the, through the Share International he stated that the TV was invented so that Maitreya could speak to the world. Well, Maitreya never spoke to the world. And uh, Benjamin Cram knew that that wasn't the Antichrist, that uh, the Antichrist himself is a Rothschild. He was high-level Satanist. And that was thrown out there for a bone to introduce that to the Christian community, and they bet. Oh, yeah, they bet. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people being, being able to see the two witnesses doing what they're doing in live time, and that technology is here today, and no longer do we have critics of the Bible saying that that just couldn't be. All right? That, that question has been answered with time. So we went back into the old archives for that type of talk and criticism over the Bible, which got what? Which got destroyed again. Okay? Because this book is. The Bible's so amazing because it's passed every test with time. They've thrown everything they could on it, trying to attack it. And every time they got it right back into their face and had to stop what they were saying and doing. And then they just circle around and start some other kind of garbage. But it's passed every test through time. So their enemies that hated these two witnesses beheld them. However, for us, for the saints, that's going to make us glory in God Almighty. 13. Okay, now here they've ascended to heaven. And the same hour was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of the city fell. That's Jerusalem. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000. And the remnant were affrighted. And gave glory to the God of heaven. So for me and you, saints, all you Bible studiers out there, you know who you are. We're going to be what? Giving glory because we know the time's coming. 
that we're going to get our call up hither. 14, it says, the second woe is past. And behold, the third woe cometh quickly, period. 15, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, okay, now get this. What did we say about the earlier Christ on the white horse? That he's here to take over the kingdoms of the world. All right, now, here we see the two witnesses, and we're glorying over them being called up to heaven. We know our victory's in sight. And what does the, uh, and the seventh angel sounded, and there was, were great voices in heaven saying, listen to this now, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. See, through his violence, making war against the kingdoms of the world and the ten unseen merchant kings, victory is in sight here. He didn't come back like a suffering servant this time. He come back as the king of kings. So when this, this statement is made by the voices from heaven, what happens in 16? And the four and twenty elders which sat before, the, before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying in 17, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. So you see how the victory is right in sight here, okay? That conquering God Almighty on the white cherub that we saw at the very beginning of the seals has now taken over and his victory is in sight. People are starting to say, hey, wait a minute, this, this is done, man. But it's not just that. In 18 here, we have the temple of God in the sight of the world. And more important statements here. And the nations were angry. And thy wrath is come. Whose wrath? The wrath of God. And the time of the dead, that they should be judged. Right. The double dead, the people that worship death, the people that love all the pieces of Osiris, all the ungodly religions, the Kabbalah, the Talmud, and the Zohar, 
and the Buddhism and all the Hinduism and the Taoism and the idolatry and the witchcraft and the raw Satanism, all that, you're going to be judged. You are dead. And I mean dead, dead, hell, fire, dead. Eighteen, and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, capital P, and to the saints, the saints, capital S, and them that fear thy name, small and great. Now this, listen to this part and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Okay. Now, Goya worship. The UN's going to save us. They're going to stop the great meteor coming from the sun. Oh, my. We're spraying the whole earth with chemtrails and denying it on TV. And then the next day they put run uh, another article saying, well, yeah, we are spraying, but it's for your good. They actually named the 66 country, um, corporations that are doing the spraying. In 1998, everybody signed a pact to let them spray us and gave us the needle jab, and they're going to chop all the trees down, uh, dump stuff into the river, just accidentally have train derailments. Has anybody ever asked why is all these calamities happening all at once now? Why is it they won't let up off our back? Well, for the answer to that, you need to study Adam Weishaupt. Adam Weishaupt formed the Barbarian Illuminati. He was a theologian from Ingolstadt University there in Germany. And he laid down doctrines of Satanism and control of the earth. Yes, he did. And he said, once you start this plaguing of the world, you don't ever let the people up. And they well realized that if they hit multiple calamities at once, that people would just lose their mind. <laughs> now you introduce the needle, the jab. When you're spraying the whole earth and burning up depleted uranium everywhere, coming in with your army and shooting those rounds everywhere where the earth will never replenish itself, blotting out the sun, yeah, he's coming back to destroy them which destroy the earth. Now, what do the ungodly Bible versions say? It doesn't say destroy them that are destroying the earth. No. It's just to stop them. <laughs> see, so we see what they do to the Bible. They want you just plumb dumb. It's one thing to be dumb, but it's another to be plumb dumb. And that's where they want you. They want you to be a biblical idiot. So they changed this, watered it down. It don't matter which version you're talking about. They all pollute the Bible. They sure do. Westcott and Hart, two Bible haters, two Christian haters. And you know that Westcott and Hart, ones they use, you know, it's funny, all this came loose right in the 1800s with Madame Blavatsky and Darwin. 
They were all tied together. Isn't that something? How they were all theologians. And man, oh man, the exposés on them, these guys and how they hated the Bible, Westcott and Hart. They hated the Bible. It's been exposed. Hey, when you study these other Bible versions, it goes from ugly to absolutely so evil. And the other studiers, when we did this thing on Bible versions a little while back here, they could not believe the evil that they found. And they said, the more we study, the more amplified this evil is. It's what horrible evil. And this line right here that we just read in 18, to destroy them which destroy the earth. I tell you, they really attacked that line in these Antichrist Bible versions. Now in 19, this is, this is after the trumpets because we're going to take a little break here before the vials in the book of Revelation. But here we have a reason to take a break because this is a big deal. We've had these seven and sevens here. Seven seals and seven trumpets. And what happens here? And the temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple, capital T, the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. And uh, the pagans, the cult members, big cult groups, satanic cult groups, they're saying that there's this mothership hovering back there in space, right? And they say the name of this mothership that they're saying they see through their telescopes is called New Jerusalem. Now, how do you like that? Well, this New Jerusalem, and I'm not so, uh, I don't know the exact distance of where it's going to be seen in heaven, but it's certainly going to be seen here. You can no longer at this point, after the seven and seven, the seven trumpets are done, that God's kingdom don't exist. There's something hovering over the earth, no matter what the lies are that the Antichrist and false prophet are telling people. Okay, so here we are. We've had the seven and seven, and we have seven more to go. Now, this is important because when we go to 12, we are going to go back in time to Christ's birth. Now, remember that. In that chapter, we're going to go back to Christ's birth, and we're going to move forward from there in, in chapter 12. And we're going to talk about these 12,000 of 12 tribes. And then we're going to get descriptions of the world government in chapters there. So this is a, uh, it's not a break, but it's a description of the world government, a description of the 10 unseen merchant king, kings. It's going to uh, describe the mark of the beast. It's going to describe the towns that are involved, the countries that are involved. Okay, and so these descriptions are here. As we go back in time, we come forward, 
And then we describe the seed of the beast and his ten unseen merchant kings and what they do and what they control. And, that, and we're going to be hit with that for a few chapters before we go on with the vials. Okay? So this second part, this 42 months, this 1,290 days is a time, times, and half a time. It's a very important time. It's a time of this Antichrist in Jerusalem where he sets his throne, Satan's seat, up there in Jerusalem. It's called the Great Tribulation for people that really study it's the worst of the two halves of the uh, peace agreement time period, this week of years. So remember that as we go into 12, we're going to go to the great, uh, this lady, and it, we're going to go to Mother Mary in the birth of Christ and Satan himself trying to destroy Jesus Christ. So I'll see you there in chapter 12. Bye-bye.